said, her from the city, so her got to be witty, witty. She said, him from the country, so him got to be funky, funky. Welcome and you are listening to another very special episode of the Keep the Change podcast. Now, just like when I spoke to Izzy the other day, I've spoken to another business owner this week that I think you can also learn from. Now, the person you're about to hear from built a business up from the ground and sold half of it for a million dollars by the age of 23. By the age of 25, they had nothing left and they actually owed their parents $170,000. Now, this is a good example of how so often we look at other people and we think, shit, I'd love to be a millionaire, <clears throat> excuse me, and all those other types of things that we think are really important and then every now and then we get to hear from somebody and find out what that's actually like. Now you're about to learn from Simon how he wasn't ready to be a millionaire and this is often the case with people who win lotto. Usually lotto's gone or an inheritance figure and amount of money will usually be gone within about three years because people aren't actually ready, they haven't learnt to be that person. Now Simon was chasing a number of different things that he thought were going to bring him fulfilment and money was the last of that and once he got that he thought well what the fuck do I do now so then he went on a journey of blowing the lot and self-sabotaging the whole thing going into destruction mode and then having to bury himself for the next two years to build himself back tidy himself up and repay his parents and get back on the bandwagon so this is a story of someone that has gone from zero to a million Back to zero, to negative 200, to now tidying himself up, and he's probably a millionaire again, I'd say. But there are a number of lessons in here in this next hour that I think you will be able to take a lot from. Simon also has a course that I think is going to be very, very beneficial for a number of you that that you can work through if you're looking at starting a business or scaling up a side hustle or just learning more about digital marketing. Now, he was frustrated by the fact that people were coming to him applying for jobs and they thought that they knew a lot about marketing because they had a marketing degree, but marketing theory does not get results for clients. And he was starting starting from scratch from them, with them trying to teach them actually what he they should be doing on the campaigns for the clients that they were working on. So instead of being frustrated for longer and longer, he decided to build out some material that people could work through. And now a lot of people all around the world actually work through this content to basically take a university degree of theory, put it in the bin and learn everything you need to know about e-commerce and digital marketing within about four months. So he sped up the process for people, saving them time and also saving them needing to get a student loan and waste years of their life learning theory that is outdated in a modern world of marketplace of marketing. So tune into this and see what you learn, and I'm sure you will take something from it. You're about to get started on an hour journey with Simon, if you're really interested in what he's saying. He's done a number of other podcasts and explained some of the things that he's been through in more detail. So if you search him uh, on Google, you'll probably find a 2018 version of Simo where he was on first dates and acted like a, a right douchebag, uh, those are his words, where basically I know, uh, because I know the lad, he was basically trying to drum up attention for the business that he was running at the time, and uh, that sort of backfired on him, but you can watch that if you like, but there is a lot of content 
about this lad and you might find it interesting. So we'll piece this together in the next bit and listen with an open mind and see what you can learn. And if you want to get in touch with him, then I'm sure you'll be able to find him everywhere on the internet. Welcome in, you are listening to another episode of the What's Next podcast. We've got a very, very special and impressive guest on the podcast today. We've got Simo, Simon Phillips from the Magnitude Group. Mate, it is always good to see you. Pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me in. Uh, this has only been about the 16th time I've tried to record this pod. Yeah, how many times we bump it? From <laughs> literally six or seven. You're a busy man. Yeah, hey, next week. <laughs> <laughs> but we got you here. I was waiting for the... Today I saw on my calendar, I was like, shit, Simo hasn't bumped me yet, so that's that's a good start, that's a good start, but um, you've got plenty on your plate, mate. Firstly, your favourite tune, Tracy Chapman, Fast Car. Yeah, yeah, good Big tune, fan. why I love it. Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure why I love it, it's just always been around. I think it I think it got its first legs during a breakup, Oh it yeah, got see. played permanently for six months, and then it had from some there, meaning. yeah, it just stuck around. Yeah, so does it jazz you up now, or does it like calm you down? I just like it. I think it's a good bit of music. Yeah, you know, it's it goes across multiple uh, genres. You know, multi-purpose. There was an EDM remix at one point that oh. gave it a bit of, bit of life. You know, yeah. rebranded. I interviewed. I think you'll like this. I interviewed someone last week, and they have a concept where they only listen to one song every week. Oh, for the entire week week to stay on the same kind of level of frequency. Yeah, interesting. I'll do I'll do a big work bender. I'll do yeah. six or seven hours on repeat, get into a zone. Oh, one song? One or, song. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I like that. I think it's the ADHD thing. You yeah, know, yeah. Like just lots of stuff or one thing. We'll start it's, there because uh, you reckon that's a superpower, right? Yeah, 100%. So what do I say there? Mental illness? Well, yeah, could be framed as mental skillness, I guess. Um, mental skillness, I like it. Yeah, what I figured out how to do over 15 years was set myself up in a position where it is a uh, superpower or a strength rather than a weakness. It's like, uh, I use the analogy, it's like a river. You swim with the current downstream, you're good, you're going to go faster. You swim upstream, you're probably fucked. Yeah. Are we swearing a little bit? Yeah, not, can, not really. <laughs> you can help yourself. <laughs> yeah. um, I used to it with Phil and I. Yeah, and yeah. so I like to say now, like if you tried to take my mental illnesses off me, I'd fight you to the death because they what, they're what makes me special. It didn't work very well in school, didn't work very well in the normal job, but up and down. Mm. Um, but... Yeah, the the creativity, the hyper focus. One that when I'm interested in something, I can do 14 hours on one thing. You know, wow. so what uh, your greatest strength can also be your greatest weakness. You've got to figure out the framework to deploy yourself within, right? Um, and for me, as uh, I guess a digital marketer, business owner, etc., the positive sides of ADHD support me. Yeah, that's yeah. what's make it's what makes me special. Nice but I don't take my meds. It's what you don't. That's <laughs> why I don't take my meds. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we'll go back to the start then, and because these days you run a very successful and industry leading business called the Magnitude Group. Yeah, I co lead it. I'd argue my business partner leads the Magnitude Group, and I support him. Gotcha. But yeah, but back to the start. So how we sort of cross paths: school, university, and your sort of first 
four A, I think, might be the terminology. Mm. You're very good uh, with uh, with words and numbers, <laughs> but your first foray into entrepreneurship, I think, was fitwear, right? Yep. And that was probably what people would these days see as like a gym shark, but probably ahead of your time. And you had stringers, you had different forms of gym apparel, yep. and you were really big on community. You were massive on Snapchat, Facebook groups. Yes, Snapchat. Doing, doing all this shit years before everyone else started doing it. Yeah. So, so yeah, but I mean, I can do the, the brief story, which I guess sets the scene. I, um, let's, do, went, let's have it. Went to uni. Did a accountancy degree actually, yeah. Failed five out of eight papers. It's not bad. Nailed <laughs> it, you know. Um, and I was going to do a cadetship. I was always going to do accountancy. Figured out that probably wasn't going to work at the time. I was a, a bodybuilder, um, and you couldn't get stringer singlets in New Zealand. I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll get a few of those. And then so ended up yeah doing fitness apparel on Facebook. So, um, and I was a I had a, a pseudonym NZ Shredder. I had a little you know, alter ego online. Yeah. So Instagram athlete, you have three or four or five years before Instagram athletes were a thing. I remember seeing Jim Sark going, that's a shit name. They'll never catch up to us. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. Whoops. <laughs> so the rest is history there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of water under that bridge, but basically scaled that business um, quite easily. Sold half at 23 for 1.1 mil. Thought I was the fucking man, figured it all out. What I didn't realize at the time is I was basically smack bang in the middle of an arbitrage opportunity. Facebook ads were so cheap, everyone started going to the gym, you know, yeah. right place, right time. A monkey probably could have done it. And so, um, what that did though was easy come, easy go. I figured everything I'd touch would turn to gold. So, I acquired a streetwear brand and and um, started a skincare label and was kind of all over the show. And then by 26, I was living at home, 170K in debt. I'd rinsed every single last dollar and the seed money, which was a mortgage on my parents' house. Shit. And so I had absolutely nothing. Um, I'd got into some trouble with the law as well. So I was, uh, by all metrics, I'd gone from, you know, millionaire at 23, yeah. the man, to 26, um, absolute loser. I had a, you know, I had a bit of a mental breakdown and went, okay, this is a obscene waste of potential because I, I know I can do better than this. Mm. And then, um, yeah, re rebuilt. Uh, I spent two years, and I think this is a key part of the story. Is I just made a decision. I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit my life until I pay back my parents. That was the the deal I made by myself. And so I went to, I think I went to one wedding in two years. That was the sum total of anything that wasn't working or working on my mental health to work more. I wasn't wow. working the whole time, but I was very anxious. There'd been, you know, a couple of days where I couldn't get out of bed and it was it was very hard. Yeah. It was basically it was a journey of building discipline and um we re yeah, rebuilt this business, got a couple of clients, started scaling them. That's where I met Brad Lindsay, my mentor. Um together we launched Glass Elephant and then we scaled a couple of brands globally had some great success stories did 50 million in 18 months with one of them and um, off the back of that we set up a global logistics network so Brad owns a, a large logistics business in New Zealand 3PL Logistics and um, and so one of the 3PL facilities in the USA let this client down and so we said well that wouldn't have happened if um, we'd do it so then um, yeah Brad led that obviously and I'm a, a small partner in the SCS global business so we set up logistics facilities in US, Canada, UK, Europe, and Melbourne. There's already seven facilities in New Zealand. And that's kind of 
I guess the journey that kind of sets the stage to to where yeah. we are now was uh, started a brand, did great, hubris, lost everything, started an agency because I had no money. Um, success, got a mentor. That's a key point we should come back to. Yep. Basically saved my life. And then, um, yeah, we've built now the Magnitude Group, which is a digital marketing agency. We've got the Global Logistics Network as well, um, which supports like, you know, the operational capability for brands trying to scale globally. And then we have a uh, accelerator program where basically we take the tools, systems and processes we use in the agency to drive revenue for our clients. We give those to um, clients and students we train them how to use them and then we work with them on a weekly basis to troubleshoot whatever their biggest problem or maximize whatever their biggest opportunity is. So that's kind of, yeah, from the from the start all the way through to where yeah. we are today. There's a bit to unpack there. Yeah. If we go to, like, what was the feeling selling that share for one point, whatever million at 23, you must have... Yeah. Uh, did it sort of flick a switch or did you kind of go off the rails quite quickly? Yeah, so I was basically already off the rails. Gotcha. Like I was quite, you know, I was yeah. on one rail, sort <laughs> yeah. of. Yeah. Um, you remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and then what had happened is I, I was basically like a not cool kid at high school and that desperately wanted to be cool. Mm. And then I'd, go, and <laughs> this is funny to say out loud, but I basically just wanted a really beautiful girlfriend. Um, and so I had kind of built my life around that and I'd gone out and I'd got massively jacked, you yeah. know, and did heaps of gear to do that. And then, um, I'd started this business and I'd gotten a bit of notoriety and I had a following. And so I'd gone out and like got all of the stuff that I thought I wanted that I thought would make me happy. Um, bit of notoriety, you know, I had, I had the beautiful girl, I was cheating on her. You know, just a young dickhead, yeah. basically. And then when I got that cash, because that was the final piece of the puzzle, and then I'll get the money, mm. it'll be sweet, and then absolutely nothing happened. And I was like, oh, God, okay. And that made me more anxious and depressed than I'd ever been. Because I was like, okay, well, I've, I've done the thing now. I went and got all the stuff, bit of notoriety, beautiful girl, money. Like, What's you know, I've got, I've got everything I want. I feel there's nowhere to go. And then I suppose that's what spurred the two-year spiral yeah. of just poor commercial decisions. And I was almost like watching it unfold, yeah. like knowing it wasn't really making a lot of sense. It's easy to say that in hindsight. Like yeah. I knew and I didn't knew, know yeah. at the same time. Um, but yeah, I, it, w it was interesting because I, I got what I thought I wanted yeah, and it wasn't that. And then so I just basically destroyed it. So did you... Again. Did you just self-destruct the whole thing to the point where, like, you just, you probably got, did you get to a stage where you knew that this was going to just end at some stage, or did you just think, fuck, I'm just going to ride this to the bottom and see what happens? Yeah, it wasn't, it was that, but not conscious. Gotcha. So I was constantly, like, you know, looking looking at it now, I'd go, okay, sunk cost fallacy, stop, sell that all, um, bring, like, tighten up the business, maybe take 300 grand and pivot into something, yeah, and with focus, but instead I kind of just kept doubling down until the there was absolutely working. nothing left. Yeah, while I was still spending, mm. you know, come back, I'd come through duty free with six grand worth of colognes and fancy whiskey for the team that no one cared about. You know, it was yeah, I see. It was just um, silly stuff. It was just young and dumb shortcuts, um, maybe. Yeah, it, it was like if you go um, like uh, when I think about um, life and what we're trying to achieve, we're trying to achieve fulfillment really 
Um, a lot of us don't know that. And then one back from that is like content and fulfillment, I think, is like a positive marriage. You've seen your kid graduate, like mm. uh, a business, like actually working and, and like supporting families consistently. And then contentment's like you wake up in the morning and you're kind of like, oh, you know, today's going to be all good. Might be tough, but you know, you're not feeling too yeah. upset. Happy's like, um, you know, generally you're out with your mates, you're playing golf, you have, and then there's fun, like pleasure. It's like getting pissed on the weekend. And I was just, I didn't have any of that stuff up the hierarchy, so it was all fun. It was all just fun, fun, yeah. fun, 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 until there was no resources left to have fun. Rock bottom, implosion. Okay, what am I going to do now? Start again. And um, I'll say this, it, it's quite confronting, but I, I remember the conversations in my head, like, it was like, if I hadn't, if it hadn't been the mortgage in my parents' house, I would have either killed myself or, because um, I had nothing now. I had none of the stuff, none of my identity. The cool factor, I yeah. didn't have any of the cool people around me. I had none of the money. I had nothing that I'd built up. So I'd just gone back and, um, or I would have uh, just traveled, gotten like 50 grand together, cash advanced on my credit cards because I had about 150K with the credit cards and I was going to go on a trip. And then when I figured out, oh, I can't bankrupt out of this because it's in their name. And I was like, I didn't love myself enough to do it for myself, but I wasn't going to let them down. So then I was like, cool, um, delete life, build a business that will pay back your parents. Wow. And then in that journey, I started to like learn to, I guess, love myself through um, effort, <laughs> like effort and, and psychedelics actually. You know, yeah. Like, so when you crashed to kind of rock bottom, you'd built a pretty phenomenal group of people around you or like you were a magnet for people right because I think people were like shit here's the fun simo you're, you're buying all sorts of different shit and, and you know the social media life looks good and whatnot. so mm. I'd imagine people were just going oh, I want to be around that what happened when you hit rock bottom did they kind of a lot of them disappear yeah um, um, a lot of them disappeared uh, we didn't we weren't aligned we weren't on, we, we, there was nothing for us to talk about or to do anymore we were yeah. having benders and then um, a few key people who I love to this day they're on my, my list they have like a list of all the people that either supported me or um, didn't scatter um, you know like Darren for example yeah. same still working with us Glass Elfin today he's working towards being our head of content and um, yeah, he was always there. We just kind of worked through it together. But yeah, for the most part, all those superficial, vapid relationships that I'd built up, and I don't blame them. I was using them. Yeah. Like, I'm not going like, oh, you guys F me. It's like, no, it was a transactional relationship. Gotcha. I knew what I was getting, and they knew what they were getting, and we didn't have it anymore, so it was done. Yeah. And then I also um, was unable to go. I basically ran away and hid, and like, I, I didn't... I just hid away in Palmy and built the thing again. Yeah. And yeah. then I wasn't willing to like engage until I had something again. Mm. And what was the convo like with your olds to go home and be like, fuck, I'm, I'm rock bottom here. I need uh, your support. I want to uh, well, repay well, you. I, that's the thing. I'm, I'm lucky. So um, I sit here today and successful, et cetera. But you look at successful ish. We'll, we'll talk about what happened in the last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause there's been another, you know, Roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, almost got in there three times now. Um, my parents are like outrageously supportive, so they never once throughout that entire process were like, "When are you paying us back?" Um, I think everyone could see I was trying my best, like I was putting mm. everything into it. So maybe that was part of it, but no, there was never a there was never a question. I couldn't have done anything I've done really without them. They've yeah. always like 
you know, the other type, like, oh, you want to move out of your flat? Cool, we'll put the trailer on, we'll come down, we'll grab all your stuff, you know? So nice. it might look like I get the credit or I'm responsible for the outcome, but there's a village of people that have supported me and I was lucky enough to be born into, yeah, like, that family. And then and then when I was lucky enough, I guess, to, to meet Brad and to get his support. Yeah. And so what has mentorship done for you from in terms of that part of your journey? Yeah, so, and, and that's that's the big, two things I credit with that initial sort of comeback were um, getting sober and getting a mentor, right? So getting sober is obvious, like yeah. stop and putting all this damaging stuff into your body, which is giving you fun today, like it's in service of your short-term pleasure system and in disservice to your long-term objectives, and then getting a mentor, someone who is where you want to be and knows how to help you get there, and then... There's a bit of luck in meeting Brad, but also like you create your own luck to some degree, right? And so my methodology there is to, um, like I, I knew, I was looking. I was like, okay, I fucked this up, but I have a lot of raw capability. I need someone to help me get there. And then so um, when I met him, it was like kind of figured out pretty quickly, oh, this this dude, it's like he's got all the bits and pieces. How can I be of service? How can I be valuable here? And then it's just like, give, 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 and then figure out, and then we figured out, oh, you've got a large logistics business focused on e-commerce. We've got an agency that drives revenue for e-commerce. Well, if we partner, I basically went to him and said, I'll give you half my agency if you can put 50K seed funding in so we can scale it. You look after the back end. I'll look after the front end. Together, we'll build what would have saved me. Nice. So it's not... Do you, it's, do you it, truly believe it would have saved you? Uh, yeah, 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 100%. I could go back and see... I could go... And, and our agency went through a journey. GE 1.0 could have saved me. GE 2.0 would yeah. have been tougher. And GE 3.0 and where we're at now, yeah, it would be um, It would be in a position i go back and have a chat with that kid and go, look, you know, you're on top. You've got a tiger by a tail. You're on top of a gold mine. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. You built a community and you, you like fitness, right? Here's actually the six steps you need to do in this prioritized order. How would you like to go about this? Nice. You know? Yeah. Um, do you reckon old Simo would have listened? No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. But it wasn't necessarily the point. It was like <laughs> Sorry. build build a business that had the capability to save that kid. Yeah, you know yeah. that could could allow nice. could facilitate his ability to uh, develop product, build community, and, and focus on the brand, which is what like brand owners should be doing: yeah. building a competitive advantage in their product, building and building a brand, and building their community and engaging with their community. Yeah. And so we'll take care of the technical bits, whereas that's whereas kind of a lot of where I got lost was in those technical bits. How often do you bump into people from the fit, the original fitwear community? Like, well, a lot of them are still my close friends, you yeah. know. Um, so quite often in terms of like randomly on the street, like a couple of times a month, like I'll see a stringer at the gym, I'll yeah. always walk over and say hi. I was rocking my nice sweat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was rocking my T-shirt the other day and it's the one without the vowels. You know how you strip yeah, the vowels yeah. out? And then I was in a store, uh, I think it was like Torpedo 7 or something, and they had some brand, some like really well-known brand, and it was clearly the name about the the vowels. And I said to my uh, girlfriend, I was like, do you know why they've done that? She's just like, what are you talking about? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like that's fucking fit weird. One point <laughs> I took that. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just like, yeah, okay, mate, like what? But um, yeah, I mean, I, I still get a lot out of wearing my one, and I've mm. seen the odd person every now in the gym wearing their uh, piece of uh, kit. And I just think it's a, you know, it's a cool thing that you've still got a little bit of that Maybe it's not legacy, but there's cool, still 
breadcrumbs that you've left behind that people have still got a hold of and then you know I wonder if they are holding on to that for a bit of inspiration almost in support of like we want to see you do well yeah yeah especially I've, I've got it like what happened when when I exited is basically my business partners who um, had a lot more cash they basically bought the other half back off me for no money but then they were too busy to run it so there's a there's a little dream bubbling away in the background that once we get sorted and we get in a sustainable place we'll buy it back and we'll relaunch like a limited range and it'll be sick yeah and we'll, just, yeah. And we'll just do it you know wow. it'll be 2.0 so so the the next part of your journey once you find your mentor once you start to clean yourself up it's probably like project tidy up for for simo but mm. that's where you're really i you said something really interesting before and like i've gone on this journey myself trying to teach yourself discipline mm. i think we get a little bit of that at school if you're in the right school for instance but you don't don't realize that that's actually what you need out of that environment until later on in life when you're doing shit that's bad for you and you're unraveling yourself and you realize like oh if I only I had a bit more discipline I'd probably be further down the path that I know I should actually be going on yeah so we've called this one discipline and digital marketing yeah uh, but how important has discipline discipline been for you in terms of recreating yourself Discipline's the thread that runs through it all. It's the um, it's the exponent. You know, it's everything. Actually, it's you look at the dishwasher, and this is my example. You look at the dishwasher, and it's like, or you open the dishwasher, and it's full. And you're like, all right, do I rinse off the cup in the sink and just leave it there to self dry, or do I unpack the dishwasher, which I know I should do and do it? Yeah. And it's that that decision. And then there's a scaled up version of that. You see the email in your inbox and it's a rejection to a proposal that you spent heaps of time and you're like, oh, and so do you leave it for three days and come back to it later, which is what I do, or do you open it now and tackle it? Mm. Um, and so discipline for me is the ability to make the decision in service of your long-term objectives over the decision that's in service of your short-term comfort and those happen every single day, constantly, all day. Um, and so it's just my ability to make that decision wasn't there. What would happen is basically I have a lot of raw capability, I suppose. And so I could build stuff despite like underperforming. And then when it was all coming crashing down and it was a disaster and my back was against the wall, I wouldn't have discipline, but it was like, uh, I guess adrenaline or excitement it was something that would allow me to just get heaps of workflow out the door yeah what that kept me trapped in was a cycle of boom and bust and and i'd never fully fail because this thing would turn on Mm. and so if you go back and look at my life like uh my i've got a like an older brother and an older sister there's about 10 years and then there's me so i was kind of the baby of the family and then they left the uni a little bit early so i was almost like the only child as well and so um i tell a little story um my mum and dad used to bring me like KFC at morning tea sometimes. The kids would be eating sandwiches, I'm having KFC. And it's like, yeah. I think it created my view on the world where anything's possible. Like yeah. there's no really rules. It's just like, well, we could do that. We could make that happen. Um, but at the same time, I never developed early like, oh no, I have to do this. Sorry, you know, brain, turn the switch. Mm. Um, and then that's basically what I've built over the last three years with Brad like I've had someone that's held me accountable and just slowly rep after rep after rep like uh, Wim Hof in the mornings um, was part of the journey 
yoga. Now I've got an ice bath in my house and a sauna. Not you don't need an ice bath and a sauna. I started with cold showers. Yeah. But just putting myself in in positions time after time. It's a muscle. So you want to get you want to get big pegs, do heaps of bench press. Like you want to nice. build you want to build discipline. You want to make decisions in service of your long term outcomes. Then just just constantly repping those hard calls. And then now you know. I have a I have a new baseline. Whereas even even eighteen months ago, there was no guarantee that I'd be able to put in Monday to Friday eight hours a day on the high priority task and be consistent for my team. Yeah, like I might just have a day where I cave, just give up. Yeah, and now I can. And there's been no magic in it. It's just reps. Mm. And yeah, without discipline, what are we really? We're we're a slave to our. Daily emotions, yeah. 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 And we see that with clients and with different business owners and they'll sort of talk you through what's going on and you think, yeah, it's, it could be so almost, it's it's almost offensive to tell someone, yeah, there's no discipline here because they're not even looking at it like that. They, they're stuck in the, oh, but last week I got this client but then we haven't had any inquiry for three weeks or whatever and it'll it'll come back next week and, you know, and it's like everything's not their fault and... At some stage, you have to make that decision, I think, to go, you know what, like, I need to generate the inquiry or whatever the situation is in business. And, like, you know, I need to go back to that person. I need to follow up that lead. I only called them back once. Maybe I need to call them back twice. Yeah, extreme ownership. And what you'll find, especially for smaller, medium businesses, is all the things you're avoiding are the things that you really need to do. Mm. Always. Yeah. It's always the way. And so if you don't have discipline, you'll find yourself constantly busy, not working on the highest priority task, which is a surefire way to allocate resource poorly. Yeah. You know? Like you're yeah. doing you're in your emails, yeah, I'll oh, check the emails again, I'll oh, get so those busy. out the door. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking getting it done, da da da. Yeah, but hold on, if we zoom out and we use our decision making framework to understand what's the high leverage task, what's the high priority task, what's the thing that actually makes this work, what's the twenty that delivers the eighty? Yep. And you'll find like there's a there's obviously exceptions that proves the rule, but I see it in my team, I see it in myself, I see it in my friends. Those things that will make it win or lose, they're scary because if it doesn't work, you rejection. might be fucked. Your yeah, rejection yeah. is a huge one, emotional yeah. rejection, and then it's also like, well, if that doesn't work, I know I'm losing. I, it's almost like looking under the bed. Yeah, you, know, you look at you're having to look at the monster, and then. It's easier to just put it off for another day or two. Put it off for another day or two. Yeah. So discipline allows you, I think, to work on the highest priority task, which is I'd rather any business owner put two hours a day into the high priority task of deep focused work than eight hours a day into periphery stuff. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Shit stuff. Nice. So the Wim Hof ice bath sauna, that sort of thing, is that you putting yourself in a position that you know you aid necessarily don't need to do? And then secondly, it's uncomfortable, but you're teaching yourself those reps of get it done. Get it done. Yeah, exactly. It's just, I mean, you, I mean, if you've been in an ice bath or a cold shower, just before you turn it on, everything in your body is going like, don't do it, don't do it, don't yeah. do it. And you go, fuck you. Turn it on. Yeah, yeah. Let's roll. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then that's just a rep. You've just mm. done the thing. It's exactly the same as looking at your phone and going to dial that customer that you know should have been a sale, but has said no twice. And you're like, nah, I'm going to go again. Yeah. Look, mate, just give me a second here. I think you're making a really poor decision. Yeah. Whatever. You know, it's a how many, It's the same feeling, whether it's an ice bath. Um, for me as well, kickboxing was a life changer. I can't believe I left that one out. Um, got into Muay Thai maybe like a year ago with my flatmate. And then um, 
started to train seriously and that that was the most distinct uplift in my discipline I'd ever seen because um, where I would avoid the gym you can't like you can't avoid the gym because you kind of got your your pad holding partner so you have mm. to turn up and there's a there's a and then I had my first fight and um, there's a fight coming up so like I can not turn up today but then I'm probably going to get knocked out in front of my missus yeah like that's a big incentive yeah um and then you get there and and you hold pads um and and they hold pads so it's it's a buddy system there was this like accountability yeah it's accountability there's nowhere to to escape. And then, um, and then you're putting it all on the line. Like it's emotional. You're getting punched in the head. You're punching them. You've got to control your emotions. It, it, it baked into me all of these different skill sets: emotional control and discipline, and like and anxiety control and fear control. Because if you get fear, fearful and tense and fight, you're just gonna lose. Yeah. So you have to learn all of that stuff. And so, I, you know, I whatever it is, cold water therapy, saunas, runs, kickboxing, don't care. Um, all of those modalities were uh, are specific tools I used to develop discipline because my core objective still <laughs> is to build a business that can provide a sustainable life for myself and my family. That's what yeah. I've always wanted to do. I'm going to die trying. Nice. So that, That's your ultimate goal as such because I have yeah. a question here later on. Where are you going? Yeah, 10, 10 mil net worth. I mean, with inflation rate recently, it's probably 15 now, <laughs> um, which I think is like, a nice home, a beach house, a little boat, a couple of nice cars, ability to travel. Yeah. You know, and if there's that experimental cancer treatment that my kid needs, well, we can get it. Yeah. That's how I've always thought about it. Money doesn't make you happy, but it gives you a lot of options. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I love that. <laughs> I just want to touch on that for a second because I was at a conference on the weekend. There's a lot of negative chat about uh, profit and about money. And, and I think that's the Kiwi way, right? We get taught, fucking rich people are evil, you know, all that shit. <laughs> And, and then people say like, oh, you know, we always work with business owners. Oh, I don't need to pay myself that much. You know, like that's a lot of money. And I'm like, yep, okay, but this business can do that. So if it can, wh- why not have a crack? And then tr- I'm trying to get better at saying to them, you might not need the money, but what about your community? What about your mm. church? What about your family? What about if your mum rings you? Hey, just found out I've got cancer. Can't afford the treatment. That's the best analogy I've ever used. People go, money doesn't make you happy. I go, well, if I'm the father that can afford the experimental cancer treatment that saves my daughter's life and you're the one that can't and you're doing a give a little or whatever, I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying like, <laughs> that's happiness right there. Mm. Like supporting and, and being having the capability to look after the people that you love um, is, that's happiness in a, in yeah. number form yeah. um you know if you but and this is coming from a place of like you know i made that million dollars young and i got all the stuff and i used it for the wrong reason i had two two fucking cool cars and i had a gun collection and we were gone <laughs> benders and all the stuff that definitely didn't make me happy i had the options i was use i was using the optionality incorrectly i gotcha. was young i didn't have the um personal and spiritual development yet to understand how to allocate that resource to actually achieve happiness contentment fulfillment yeah nice so where are you at now in your business journey how's the magnitude group going and ge version 3.0 yeah still be some troubles and trials and tribulations along the way yeah so it's been a it's been an uh an intense journey we um you know we 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 when we really launched into uh i guess ge 1.0 and we these profit share deals and we scaled a couple of brands really, really quickly. So we made a lot of money and then we were like, okay, cool. That's going to keep going. And then, uh, so we, 
hired some really high-powered professional people and we got up to 85 team members. We had 60 clients. I think, again, oh. it was like bigger is better. That yeah, was yeah. The, the, the modality. Few key things shifted in the market. iOS 14 came out, you know, uh, yep. privacy tracking, reduced efficacy of um, Facebook, Instagram ads. COVID died down. And because we were smack bang in the middle of that as well, that definitely empowered what we were doing. We didn't realize at the time, again, easy to see with hindsight. And so we just got to this point where we were uh, losing money. Um, I The clients weren't getting the deliverables they should have. And so we went into a restructure. And so we've restructured from 85 team members down to 35. And now the in, in the agency. Um, and so now what we have is, I think we have 12 clients and we basically operate with them almost like a marketing cooperative. It's not really an agency. We're not um, looking to make a profit on our agency clients. Basically what we do is we have agency partnerships. So we have part, we are partnered with some of the top direct-to-consumer agencies all over the world, conversion rate optimization, email, they're specialists. It's all they do. We work with them and to aggregate that intellectual property. We deliver it for our brands, like eight-figure and mid-seven-figure um, brands, and our internal brands, which are smaller, they're mostly startups, and then we homogenize that intellectual property, we cover our cost base in the agency, and then we um, sell it, we disseminate it at scale through the Magnitude Marketing Accelerator, which is kind of what I touched on earlier. All yep. those tool systems and processes, here you go, you have them, and then we'll train you how to use them, and then we'll work with you weekly to troubleshoot, to give you that strategic guidance that you need that's born really out of experience. And so what it does is it democratizes the intellectual property previously reserved for clients that can afford a 25, 30K a month retainer. Yeah. You know, and it, and so it's it's working it's working really well. Like it's it's working again, we're scaling, we've got a really attractive budget that we're looking at. And I think it's just the it's the future in terms of like uh, our logistics business as well. That's that's going great globally, filling up. Again, I'm I'm a very minority partner in that and I support with strategy and I help get some leads in there, but that's really my mentor and yeah boss as well <laughs> brad's uh gig to run so yeah it's, it's been interesting though like i i kind of i stepped back in six months ago as general manager and um weren't sure if i could do it like the conversations were basically like i guess i'll have a stab um yeah. and then yeah we've like we've we've made it through and so we've reached the objective was to get to stability we had a couple of months there where we were um you know 10 10k 10 20k within just making payroll, you know, just oh. having enough cash to make payroll. Yeah. And then now we're in a, a strong cash position and we're breaking even on the agency business. And so what that provides is now we've got this education model that we can um, scale quickly that mostly goes to the bottom line because of the way the business is set up. Mm. So, um, yeah, and and six months ago, we, we could have we folded it. You know, it could have been like, this is over. Yeah. But... It was interesting in my after the first time of footwear. I remember thinking, I was like, ah, oh, probably just be easier to start again. This is da 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 da. I didn't realize the value of momentum. Yeah, it's so much harder to start again. It cost yeah. me two and a half years in Palmy, which was all good because I was with <laughs> mum and dad. It was fine, like fine for me. But gosh, yeah. I that's 26, 27, 26 and twenty seven gone. You know, yeah. and so I knew like no no no, it's way harder to start a new thing keep the same thing going that was a massive lesson that i learned viscerally and so um 
yeah, we, we pivoted and then we drove that business model and it was a, it was a slight edit, you know, and it was, but it was all based on the feedback that we were getting. You know, the market had gotten more difficult. It wasn't enough to like make a bit of content and run a few ads anymore because yeah. uh, it, when the ad inventory was cheap, you know, when all the big boys weren't spending on Facebook and like there was new placements and stuff and we could get the ads really cheap, that all you needed to do was make a bit of content, put on Facebook, press go, get paid four grand a month, you're winning. It was unreal. That, that, it doesn't really work anymore. No. And so we were unable to service these clients. I'm going, well, what do we do? Like, I can't recommend they go to another agency like because they'll get the same outcomes. Like, we're doing our best and there's no secret source that we don't know about. Um, well, hold on. What if we empower them with the tools to do it themselves because they know their brand, they know their product, they're passionate, they can own the resource, they can get a junior team member in and deliver to the capability because that's kind of what you buy from an agency is the IP and the strategic guidance. So if we just take the juicy bits and then empower the brands to deliver that, that will service that entire section of the market. And if they're getting big enough and they really want to scale into six regions, da, 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 cool, come and talk and we can do uh, an agency deal. But we need 15, 20 grand a month minimum to really dig in and do it properly. Gotcha. Um, Does that include ad spend? No. No, nah, it's just, not. That's just, yeah, yeah. yeah that's just, that's just management. Yeah, that's nice. just resource. It's just team. And that's yeah. at cost. Mm. <laughs> that's not even, a, that's not even with margin. Yeah. Because it takes a lot to learn everything you know about your business intimately to then yeah. present that to a customer, et cetera. So I guess if I try and boil it down to like, you know, making it work this time and kind of saving it, um, it was knowing how valuable momentum is and just not just dog with the bone. It was the discipline to, I was doing 80 minimum up to a hundred hours a week. I did that for four and a half months straight. Every, like, you know, just every single day that I'm, I'm a bit of a night owl. So it was eight, eight AM, eight, nine AM through to, um, midnight every day and weekends. Yeah. And so it was just, couldn't have done that without the discipline. Um, wouldn't have done it if I didn't realize how valuable momentum was. And then it was just identifying like what's going on in the market. And we'd already been doing Thrive with Shopify, the free the free version of the Magnitude Marketing Accelerator um, for the last four years. And so it was kind of like, oh, that, fe- that market feedback, analyzing a core problem in the market. I was also looking at the impending recession, going what's a product that will stand up in the recession? Well, people aren't going to stop doing business immediately, but they'll look for a more efficient way. Mm. Their agencies are going to keep underperforming and where it was okay to just let them keep going, it's, they're going to be looking for solutions. Hey, pretty sure your agency's full of shit? Try this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Either do it yourself or at least be able to challenge them. Speak their language. Know what they're telling you. And so um, it was repurposing something that existed within the business, realizing the value of momentum having the discipline to be able to repurpose that because I like owned the destiny. I was like, I'm doing it. Lead from the front, let's go. And then that's got us to where we are now, staring down the barrel of um, six-figure monthly profits again. Wow. How good does that feel? Sick. That's <laughs> 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 so good. I'm really, it's the most proud of myself and the team. And I, it's a bit egotistical, egotistical to say like myself, but genuinely it's the most proud of myself I've ever been because I've, despite all the things I've done, I've always kind of been like, you suck. Yeah. You know, that's the internal dialogue. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I suppose you had the opportunity to just quit, right? And go, fuck this. We'll just start something again. But you were smart enough. You had the discipline to go, you know what? No, I need to dig in. And I need, need to, to go, dig in. Yeah, yeah, 80s, hundreds. And then you've built the discipline to allow you to do that. And now you've tidied it up. Yeah. It's like you had to tidy yourself up. Then you tidy up uh, the magnitude group or glass elephant. And then 
Now you're like, oh shit, I can do this. Yeah, there's Jordan, P- Jordan Peterson vibes in there. Make your bed. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I have the ability. I never could rely on myself to get up at the same time each day. Mm. And there's another piece in here as well. There's a, this obviously conflation, you know, like com- a conflation of events that happen at the same time. Google popped up because of the internet and power and data and people. And um, so there was the business itself. There was having Brad as a mentor, was a core and then there was um, getting into a relationship with my partner, Ariel. So she's given me a bedtime. Like, yeah. I can't manage my own bedtime because I get stuck in Netflix and the dopamine just keeps me going. Like, I've yeah. got a super addictive personality. So um, she's given me a bedtime. She supports, like, with all of my um, food and everything. Like, I, I couldn't exist the way I am without it. Like, I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have done that six-month journey without her supporting me. Yeah. So there was that as well. That was key, like, a key, key partner. Um, and then the Muay Thai and finding my coach came and then building that. It all kind of came together and I just finished my first fight after um, uh, uh, when we started to discuss the kind of restructure stuff and so I'd come out of that going, oof, like um, I can I can do this. Like I'd faced down the scariest thing I could possibly face down which was my girlfriend's outside the ring, um, for me at least, um, videoing this fight and I remember thinking, like, okay, like, what's more potentially embarrassing or emotionally damaging than getting knocked out live on Instagram in front of your girlfriend? There's not much. And I yeah. did that. And so I'd have the conversation with myself every day before, like, an email I didn't want to open or a thing. I'm like, you got in that ring. You can't do this. Mm, nice. So that became a mental model. And then I have a – um, I have a – Did you a, win the fight? Yeah. yeah. It was sloppy. It was like it, w- it was a technical you win. You didn't get knocked out live on Instagram. Yeah, no, it was a, a technical it was, win, all right. It was a sloppy win. So, um, but it, and that's what your first fight's always like, apparently, except for phenoms. There's a few naturals that just go in there and Israel Alasanya out yeah, the gate. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not that guy. I'm a grinder, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was. It was going to have this um, mantra, which is probably a good time to to bring up. So mm. it's um, and I use this, and I I, re- I get in the ice bath, and I repeat this out loud, and I don't use it enough. I'm looking at it now. I'm going to say this loud on the podcast. Yeah, that's right. And then I need to actually. So you're looking at your phone and your notes at. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's. um, Listening? Yeah. Yeah. It's $10 million a year and online education is achievable. I have the raw capability of producing a top 0.1% result in any digital marketing field. I am able to identify the highest priority task. I am becoming disciplined enough. If I fully crack discipline, I'll be able to work exclusively on the highest priority task. I have proof that discipline can be developed slowly over time. I've proven I will not give up under any circumstances. Look at what I achieved 25 to 30. It's reasonable to 10x this at minimum 30 to 35. The normal age that people do this at anyway. Putting something up is better than putting nothing up. Just start, keep it simple, leave it all in there. And then what I did is took that to all the people in my life that I respect and I got them to corroborate and agree that each one of those axioms is true. And then so when my mind and my emotions are trying to get me to take the easy way out, I look at this and I know that's true. Wow. The voice in my head right now, that's not, that's not true. That's fleeting. Every, myself and everyone I respect, myself in the right state of mind and everyone I respect agrees that's truth. So that is my truth. And then so I use that to enable myself to do the hard thing in service of the long-term objective, not in service of short-term pleasure. Phenomenal. Yeah. I've got something similar 
where I've recorded it in voice so I can play it on my phone. And then affirmations as well, but then, yeah, effectively like a, you know, a manifesto as such. But, yeah, I don't think I'll be at the stage to play it out loud for people, so I think I've probably got some work to do. Like, if you can get to the stage where you can give that to people and say, call me out on it, if that's not, if you think that this isn't actually true, yeah, uh, or tell isn't me, actually how I roll. Tell like, me each one of those, those are true, and that's, because that's the bit, like, oh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. No, no I know this to be true. This yeah. is as true as I'm going to get it. If, <laughs> if all the people in my life that I love and respect think it's true, like, what what is true if not that? Yeah. Um, nice mate yeah Go so that's it. cool and then um, I've got and what I did this might help people with the content is avid listeners is I reached out to people on my Instagram because I have a problem with creating content which everyone does right yeah. and it's silly because I'm good at it mm. <laughs> and I can do it quickly and I had the Snapchat and stuff but that was interesting I could create content under an alter ego that Snapchat and stuff back in the day that was NZ Shredder it wasn't me yeah, yeah. so I, fi- I can't I now have to create content as Simon Phillips just harder and so what I did was I uh, reached out to these people and said hey uh, would you be interested in my content like could you tell me what you think what do you think of the content you see from me and I got back stuff from people like love this appreciate the knowledge and wisdom love hearing your words of wisdom bloody valuable just listen to your podcast your boy's on fire and so I got all these people and so when I want to not do the thing or not post the thing um, which I have been not doing it's like well I'm not doing it for anyone else but these people they want to hear it punch it punch it out and that's why it's um, sub- putting up something is better than not putting anything or what, whatever it was, right? Yeah, that's the last line. Like, yeah. just start, keep it simple, leave it all in there. And that that line right there, that's actually the mantra for the kickboxing fight. Mm. Just start, start, throw something. Yeah, like nice. you bet it when you're an amateur, you better start. You better throw something, and then keep it simple. You know, you don't need to do a spinning heel tornado kick. <laughs> just how about like a one-two low kick? Yeah, and then leave it all in there. Like, l- die in that ring. And that's what I did basically I left everything in there so if I can do that in a fight for my life I can do it tap tap tapping away on the <laughs> keyboard at home sipping on a mocha latte you know like <laughs> this is not as hard yeah and so it's, it's we make it hard for ourselves correct yeah mm. just take you back to the accelerator program so you've basically built a tool that allows anyone to start to learn how they could scale up an econ product or, or a good or a service basically and they don't have to have any marketing experience or where do they need to they have to have, have like a starting point? Yeah, absolutely nothing. Um, my view is that you can come into this program and there's a long story here and a short story here, but um, you do this program, you'll outcompete a three to four year marketing grad in three months. No, no doubt. Wow. I know. And well, I mean, hi, I hire marketers every day. I hire revenue generators like I'm not looking for someone that's like going to market my stuff like can you create revenue or sales or leads that will turn into sales that's what we're after and so I suppose what we've done um, if we go back a step it's like the the current education system despite the fact that it's the only thing that could save human civilization is um is do you want me to say it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shit. Well, it's shit it's shit and it's and it's systemically shit the 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 you Charlie Munger fit for purpose. Yeah, Charlie Munger said, "You show me the incentive, I'll show you the outcome." And the incentive in education is not to set people up to be deployable. That's what we train: deployable skills. So it's this about like let's educate you on this esoteric stuff and go through a four year journey and and mark it off and the lecturers mm. win, the, the and then the people above them win, and the government's paying for it anyway. Like it does, yeah. you know. So our thing is, we built this to um, make people deployable. You come in, we train you and there's a 
metaphor for this as well is like um, basically what we're doing is giving you, a, if you were chopping down trees, let's say marketing's chopping down trees and um, you've got two options. You can build your own axe or you can come and you can use my axe and it's pre-sharpened, super sharp axe and then I'll just show you how to swing it. Then I'll show you which trees are easier to chop down. Like you can cut down more trees, right? Or you can go and learn the theory of chopping down trees for four years. Like I'm just going to give you an axe and, and go like start swinging. Yeah, yeah. No, you're swinging a bit wrong. Do it that way. Yeah. And, and, and it's straight to the point. It, it cuts to the chase. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, we make people rapidly deployable. Like you get the immediate skills to generate revenue, which is what counts. Like, and that might dovetail into what I'm talking to business and businesses about at the moment. Like there's four mental models or keys to success moving forward. And one of them is razor sharp revenue generation capability. Nothing happens until someone sells something Revenue's the lifeblood, recession, maybe a depression, you're staring down the barrel, it's really scary, sell more stuff. Mm. Like, and that dovetails into you must have self-determination, own your own destiny, you know? Going into a tough time, the one that cares the most, like, about the business is you. And so, and, and revenue and sales is the lifeblood, you know? So, own the ability to generate that and in today's day and age that's that is digital you know yeah whether it's paid content organic content whatever um there are it's not the only way like we've got an econ brand at the moment that was really struggling to break the funnel um with facebook ads and so um steven he's now doing like the expo circuit he's doing you know oh. doing four or five grand a, a weekend and acquiring customers that way so but it's still like it still leverages digital anyway yeah. um yeah, that's that's the key point in the program is it's not about esoteric maybes. We're literally going, we've spent a hundred grand on this ad over the last three months and it's made this much money. Here's how to make this exact ad for your brand. Nice. And then in that process, you can think about it like digital marketing with the gutter guards up. You're not throwing gutter balls so you don't give up, you don't quit. You know when you throw like yeah. six gutter balls, you're like, oh, fuck it, the kid doesn't want to play anymore. Yeah. And where kids, when you start something new, you're basically like a kid, you're figuring it out. But the gutter guards allow you to bounce off and get a few pins. Oh, okay. And then you work towards getting the strikes. Nice. Work it. So yeah. people could run their staff through it to learn? Yeah. Even people that are running a SME or like starting a startup, maybe you know they've got a product they're trying to sell and scale, they could learn how to do that and yeah my view is every single owner should do this like every single ceo every single managing director every single anyone should understand the language that the um, agencies or freelancers or whoever it is that you're working with are speaking and like our program is 12 modules two hours each so in 24 hours you get this fire hose you get drenched in best practice yeah you're enough to be dangerous now you know, yeah, you're just yeah. like, you know, you might... <laughs> Put the guards down, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, yeah. Can, you can chuck a ball there. Like, one of the things we have in every module is the uh, the cheat sheet, the question cheat sheet. Yeah. So, a copywriter. I'll say, oh, you're a copywriter. Okay, cool. Can you have a look at your portfolio? What's your research process? Do you use Reddit at all? You're like, seven, eight questions where at the end, if they're going, oh, I'm not sure. You know, you're like, yeah. they're not a goodie. You know, so we just equip people with the ability to call bullshit to not get shafted yeah, yeah. exactly and then the, the next step is um is yeah the the way that our program works and there's programs like this in the world but none of them are as good as ours um and you get a couple of seats and so whether your team a team member comes or goes whatever you put them back to the program and then it, one person weekly is catching up with us to get that strategic advice nice yeah 
Back to the four keys to success. So yep. one of them was razor sharp, I think, ability to generate... Revenue. Yeah. Yeah. What right. else we got in there? Yeah. So razor sharp, ability to generate revenue. Key, um, self-determination. The ability to own your own destiny, you know? Mm. Like um, in, a, in a tough time, like good times, bad times, but especially bad times, you want to be able to like kind of, in my view, push a few people aside and go, no, we're doing this. Mm. That you know, if, if there's an agency relationship in your business, that if it fell over, like, is that a critical fail point? Um, so owning self determination, owning your own own destiny, and I see a, a lot of businesses that have their um, revenue generation capability kind of outsourced. There's like a few chinks in the armor, yeah. And so um, you don't need to um, um, get rid of those immediately, but if they did disappear or if they started to underperform, would you be stuck going, oh, please try harder, please do more? Or can you go, you're out, boom, I'm going to do it. Or yeah. you're out, I'm going to hire this freelancer and I'm going to manage them effectively to do it. Um, so that was one. And then cash preservation. So um, that's probably actually number one. It's like <laughs> cut costs, um, increase revenue. It's like the way to preserve cash, right? Yeah. Um, so how can you be extremely efficient with your allocation of resources going into this next stage? Late 2022 into 2023, look at that P&L. Like where's the fat? Get rid of it now mm. not not when it's too late not later like get rid of the fat now like lean it up now and start stacking cash right um and then a touched on a little bit earlier bulletproof decision making framework can you do you know which questions to ask um do you know how to ask them do you know how to discern the right answers and then do you know how to prioritize the answers and um drive your objectives and key results off the back of it yeah, so it's like, it's like razor sharp revenue, revenue generation capability, cash preservation, decision making framework, um, own your own destiny, and like those three things kind of facilitate your ability to own your own destiny. Um, because yeah, I, I mean, I have like, you know, we spoke a little bit before we jumped on, but it, it, the economic climate at the moment it's not looking good. Right, right? we're we're probably in a recession at the moment. Um, and we're facing potentially um, uh, like a super cycle collapse type thing. Who knows what it's going to look like? For me, that's like the model that we're literally operating at the moment and like prepare a worst case scenario. But we're also blinkers on like mm. as if it's not going to happen. Because it might not happen. We don't know. We have no idea what's going to happen. And if it's really bad and really scary, what are you going to do about it anyway? You're probably just going to, you know, when you get socked in the head, what do you do? You react in the moment. Whoa, okay. Yeah. Um, so... A little bit of like a, a nest egg, a little uh, preparedness for a worst case scenario and then put that to the side and just focus on the core business and not in preparation for something that may or may not happen but just um, build the strongest business you possibly can because that's going to work for you if everything's sweet and it's going to work for you if everything gets really bad. Or it's going to be, you're going to be set up the best way you possibly can. Nice. You know, those four keys there. Um should get you through. Should well, yeah. Should get, they give you the best chance of getting you through? Yeah. And and if nothing goes down, then it's what you should have done anyway. It's good. It's a good uh, tactic because basically what you're saying is, if you think that some fucking real weird stuff's going to happen, prepare for it in some way, shape, or form the best you know how by 
you know, maybe stacking some cash or, or like whatever you need to do, mm. but then just get on with it rather than continuously every week being like, oh, I'm waiting for this thing to happen. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you're, limiting limiting your out, and you've still done nothing. So like, what is it? What, what do you think is the worst possible case? Okay, and now allocate 10% of your resources. For me, that's an emergency long life food. It's a bit of physical gold and silver. It's a bit of land. It's as, it's, it's as many of my um, floating rates fixed as possible. Yeah. And then done. Compl- not even thinking about it now. It is what it is. Now I'm going to focus on my business. Because if I'm waking up every day going, oh, is there any point in even doing this hard yakka to make this content because it's probably going to implode anyway. If you're constantly in, yeah. in, in the middle of the decision, right, constantly like, oh, what's going to happen, then it's just going to limit your output. It's going to limit your um, excitement. It's going to limit everything. So react. If you think, cool, do something about it. And then blinkers on, right, core business, let's go. Nice one. Taking you back a fair while, what was it like that feeling to finally repay your olds? Oh, that was the yeah, that was light. That was the best moment of my life. That's top three, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm just allowing for two others, like <laughs> that may have happened. Just I don't offend anyone, <laughs> yeah. you know. But yeah, smart, very yeah, smart. It was epic. We had this event in Matakana. We're up there. The whole team was there. I had the little checks, and I was there with Brad, and I was crying. And actually, I wasn't crying. I, I forgot how to cry. Um, but everyone else was crying, and um, and yeah, it was, it was like a cool moment, and we'd done it. Your folks were there. Yeah, or, yeah, 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 and we like presented them like little like checks kind of yeah. thing, and it was clapping. And uh, what did they it. think of you? Like, and um, they were like, "Oh, yeah, thanks," but we didn't really care. Like, it's all good. Like, they were a bit like, um, like how do I say that? They were they're so about us and such kind, generous yeah. people. They weren't necessarily that Sorry, worried. You know, pay this back. Yeah, they weren't necessarily that worried about it, which is yeah. what made me want to do it even more. Mm. You know, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was like the culmination of a huge amount of hard work, and it was, yeah, it was it was the best thing I've ever done. Right, just seeing that through. Yeah, yeah. Nice, mate. And, and there was a little secret in there as well. Is it did something for me? This might be a good cognitive device for people as well. Is I'd made the decision that my life begins when um, I pay my parents back. So if I um, spend four hours tonight aimlessly watching YouTube. I know I'm going to start working again. Mm. It's going to be in a minute, in an hour, in a day, or a week. My goal is to get like we're or a month. Back in the day, it used to be I could go off the rails for a month, then I'll eventually get my get you know and sit down and get just clear and go again. Yeah. And so the journey has been closing that cycle. And now I'm probably at a at a at an I'm in a matter of hours. I can reset within hours not even days anymore. Um, and then what I'd say to myself is like, well, if you waste two days here, you're just putting two or eight days on the back end. So this is going to take you a year or a decade or your whole life. Wow. And so that super ridiculous, fanatical, <laughs> probably manic commitment <laughs> yeah. um, made it a lot easier to get me going because it was binary. It's like, oh, well, we're doing it anyway. So faster you do it, the better. Yeah, we might as well get there. Again, it removed a decision. Yeah. Oh, like, well, like maybe it doesn't matter because I could just chill anyway. Da da da. It's like, no. The sooner you get this done, the sooner your life begins. So that black and white really helped me. Yeah. There might be some version of that that people can deploy. Yeah, I like that. World. Yeah, I mean, I've had those moments where I've sat down on the couch and then in the back of my brain, it's like, this ain't going to help you get the next client. This ain't going to help, you know, fund everything. Get the fuck up. 
you don't really need any rest. You've just defaulted into a quick lay down. I'm like, you know what? That's right. I've probably got another couple of hours of me. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's gangster. And when, and when it's like all I'm doing is adding hours to the back end, what's the point? And that that scenario as well, unique. Like I didn't have dependents. I didn't have a family. I, I could do that. Mm. I was in a position to delete existence. That's not, that's obviously a, a good setup to reset with. Yeah. Um, and not ev- not everyone has that ability but it's like which you still need to deliver the outcome right so how do you pull bits how do you pull bits and pieces together to do that yeah mate we're flowing through an hour here being right. bloody fascinating <laughs> anything you want to leave the the listeners with that we didn't touch on that you think will add value to their life what do i any vintage simo um Here's one thing I'd say, um, and this has tripped me up every single year, is um, this digital marketing thing, the content creation thing, it's like there's always an excuse of like, oh, I might have missed the boat. Like, yeah. I might have missed the boat. I did that every year. I did that when CPMs were a dollar. I did it when they were $2. did it when they were $4. did it when they were $8. And I've done it my whole life. And I like the boat. I actually only I didn't miss the boat. I could have jumped on the boat at any point. Yeah. Um. And so, just because it's like maybe more expensive today or whatever, like it is the future. And content creation and digital media is, um, the pathway to predictable revenue generation. And so, if one of the things that's holding you back is like, ah, oh, fuck, I've, I've missed that wave. No, you haven't. Get on TikTok now. Yeah. <laughs> there's plenty of ways of being served by plenty of people um, probably way less capable with far less sophisticated um, monetization capability than you it's probably mm. a 14 year old kid just getting millions of views yeah. it's like do it today Man, that's such a good insight because I, mean, I know even for us we you know, we, we started Next Advisory five years ago probably like six years well yeah five years ago but we were sort of planning some of the social media side of things and it was so cheap and it was so easy and it was like you said before, run an ad and you'd get inquiry or you'd get people messaging you and it's like run them to the fucking messenger chat and you know, people, oh, holy shit, you know, here's John from bloody whatever <laughs> business. And then a year later, I'd be like, oh, we should have spent more last year. Then a year later, I'd be like, oh, we probably should have spent more money on marketing. And then like, oh, and you know, I said to Phil, I think it was maybe uh, at towards year five, I said, if you could give yourself one piece of advice you know, what would it be to the person starting this business? He was basically like, fuck, probably should have marketed more from the start. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it'll happen year after year after yeah. year. And it just changes form, right? Like I was late to the party with TikTok, but then I make a video, bang, half a million views. And then it's like, can you come and speak about this on one TV one and shit? And you're just like, opportunities come of it. And then two months later, I count back and I'm like, fuck, I made 100 videos. But if I didn't post that first video on TikTok, I wouldn't have like, but I needed to build the energy to go again on like another yep. platform but you know the boat I knew the boat was already like it was already sailing but it yep. was still available to get on but I'm like oh another platform but so you know I, I knew better and you know so I'll fall into the trap too I'm like ah, oh, maybe you know maybe I just don't need to do that one but then you do and it creates a different level of energy and even creativity and different form of content then you repurpose it and now as an example we're running our top of our funnel for next advisory is um, basically TikTok videos 
and then building out awareness to come listen to this podcast and then people end up in our funnel retargeted, download our business planning template three months later, hey, they book a call. Boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah, spend more. I'm in the trap right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'll say next year. Like, and, it, yeah. and it will happen over and over. So yeah, get amongst it. And you said something interesting there as well. The, um, the outcomes from digital marketing, from content creation, from all the stuff, they're non-linear. So it's like zero 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 one zero 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 three zero 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 seventy five hundred yeah hundred and fifteen. That's how the curve works, mm. and that's what crushes people as well because we're set up. Our dopamine and serotonin systems are set up to like win win win. Like we don't like uneven return. Yeah. So you've got to grind that first hundred videos and accept that most of them will suck. You're learning, and you're going to get no outcomes. But mm. then the outcome will repay all of that in full. Yeah. Great advice, mate. Mate, that has been a phenomenal insight into your mind and your journey through business and even just your, your personal <laughs> circumstances as well. Cheers, man. Always enjoy catching up with you and hearing what's going on in that lid of yours. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking forward to you smacking out that $15 million of net worth and uh, all the things that I know that you're so capable of achieving. And, you know, again, from my side for you, bro, like I believe in you and I think so many people do. And it's so awesome to see you rebuilding yourself and tidying yourself up to a point where you can believe in yourself again. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, there's no limit to what you'll be able to achieve. So I'm looking forward to seeing how far you get. Thanks, bro. Legendary. Rightio, if people want to get in touch with you, mate, what's the best way? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Twitter, EcomSumo, Instagram, Simon John Phillips. Yeah. My email, I think you can you can Google me, check out my first dates episode. <laughs> I was going to play that, but I, thought, uh, I don't know if we should throw back to 2018. Yeah, no, you can find me. Yeah, outstanding. All right, cheers, mate. Cool. someone you got a fast car we go cruising the t-